0: This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older.
1: Okay, I might have brought you some contraband while you were in jail, <laughs> but you weren't technically in the jail. It's what's, like but, a, what's
2: amazing is not only did we smuggle contraband, but it didn't involve anybody's butthole. <laughs> because you were basically told you're either going to pay these taxes or the Mongol hordes are going to come and wipe you out. So...
1: This is the knowledge you took when it came time to pay for your tag. Yes. <laughs> I think you just feel guilty about the way you act sometimes, and you're just like, you know what? I got to make fun I think of him because I feel guilty. I
2: think we all know I don't feel guilty
0: about it. Sorry about my shit intro.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin.
2: AKA KB Paperstacks, aka Baldwin Escobar, aka Danger Zone, aka Vanilla Thriller, and aka MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that.
1: Okay, so in my life, I can admit that I'm pretty good at a few things. I'm a pretty good drummer, I'm a badass public speaker, and I make a mean Alfredo sauce from what I've been told. And I've convinced myself that for the most part, I can do anything that I set my mind to and be pretty good at it. But sometimes you have to find out the hard way that you're not good at everything. In fact, there are some things out there that you just suck at and you have to accept it. So for me, growing up, I was a huge fan of puppets. In elementary school, we'd go to puppet shows and I'd watch the marionettes sing and dance and there was something magical about them. Just something about them drew me in. I thought they were awesome. Eventually, as I got older, I got into the Muppet Show, and they were about the most badass thing that a kid could get away with watching with their parents' permission. There was like all these adult jokes and big-name stars talking to puppets, and to me, puppets were cool. I began to wonder how cool it would be to have a puppet of my own and give it its own voice, create something from nothing, and just make a puppet out of whatever I wanted it to be. I began to tell everybody who would listen how cool puppets were, trying to lay down hints that I obviously wanted to become a ventriloquist, but I was trying not to be too obvious because, again, I was like 10 years old. Who's going to listen to a kid? But eventually, Mama, being what great grandmothers are, decided she was going to buy me my first puppet. And it wasn't like a little shitty dime store puppet. This was a true to life wooden puppet. It was this little hobo clown with controls for his mouth and hands. And he was way more awesome than what I needed when I was like 10 years old. But Mama always wanted me to have the best. And I knew. That this was going to be my ticket Into being a great ventriloquist I was going to one day be on the Muppet Show Me and Hobo Clown And then like kids do I got bored as fuck with Hobo Clown The whole dream of being a puppeteer And being a ventriloquist just died Eventually me and my little brother Started wrestling with the puppet And we broke the jaw off of it And all the dreams I had of being a great puppeteer Just kind of faded into the background I was way more into G.I. Joe's and He-Man And at one point Hobo Clown got tossed into a dumpster And I thought all of it was over The dream had died I didn't think anything about it for a couple years, but my family got really into church, mom was teaching Sunday school, dad was playing guitar for the choir, and I felt like it was time for me to get involved too, so I hatched a plan. I was going to create a puppet show again for like 5 and 6 year old kids to watch. I mean, how hard would they be to impress? I would use some hand puppets I had and some regular stuffed animals, and after taking a couple years off, my dream of being a badass ventriloquist was going to get back on track. I asked my mom if I could do the show for the kids, and she said she didn't have a problem with it. And she picked up the phone and called the children's church teacher, and she was fine with it, and everything was on track. I was finally going to be a star. So I practiced for a couple of weeks, and I had characters, and I had voices for all the characters. I had like a Gonzo puppet and a a Kermit the Frog puppet, and I had like a hand puppet that was a cow. I had a skit worked out about the dangers of peer pressure, but it was tailored for little kids, and I just knew I was going to blow these little kids away. So Sunday comes and I am up out of bed as soon as possible. I grab all my puppets and we're poor people from a trailer park and I didn't have anything like official to put puppets in. So I just threw all my puppets in a, in a paper bag and took them to church. I was about to puppeteer the shit out of these puppets. So we get to church that day, and we get ready for the Sunday school classes, and I walk into the little kid's classroom, and the teacher says, all right, kids, this is Miss Arlene's son, Shane, and he's going to create a puppet show for us. And all the kids start clapping, and I'm like, that's awesome. So I sit down, and I grab my puppets, and I say, hi, kids, who's ready to see a puppet show? And instead of cheering for me like they had just cheered for the teacher, they just stared at me. Crickets tumbleweeds you could hear a pin drop these are little people who are excited by their dad making fart noises but for me they weren't giving me anything it was my first performance in the entire world and i was bombing i was undeterred though i decided i was going to launch into my skit with my little hand puppet that was a cow and he had this huge monologue and there was a joke at the end of it i don't even remember what it was about but i remember getting to the joke at the very end and all these kids are just staring at me again there's a you can hear a pin drop there's tumbleweeds. There's literally nothing from these kids. My first ever performance, and I've gotten the hardest crowd in the history of all Sunday school classes. I tried to move on from there, and I ended up dropping one of my puppets on the ground as I started one of my voices. And I start forgetting what some of the lines are, and these kids are just staring at me with blank stares. It was my worst fucking nightmare come true. I'm 12 years old. I have reignited my dream to become a puppeteer, to become a great ventriloquist, and I am fucking bombing. I tried to champion on, but I forgot what one character said to another. I dropped another puppet and I started sweating. Before I knew what had happened, I bolted up, announced, that's it, kids, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the puppet show now. And I grabbed all my puppets, picked up the stuff that had fallen on the ground, and I ran as fast as I fucking could out of the classroom. And I never went on to perform in another Sunday school class again. Now, I've gone on to perform in many places, doing many things with movies and bands and shit like that. But never, ever have I used another puppet to try and do anything, because some things you just suck at, and some dreams you just let them die in a Sunday school class. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and Now That I'm Older, a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us because that helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us, like Michelle, our badass Patreon, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but that's at NTIOPod. pod. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag #PodernFamily. Family. Now, Podern Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and basically create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag #PodernFamily, Family, you're going to find our show as well as Think to the Brink, The Southern Hollows Podcast, and The Heebie Jeebie Babes. And this week on Episode 144, Secret Agent Ken Baldwin, we're going to talk about some stories about trying to run from the cops. We're also we're going to talk about a time when Kenny was, for lack of a better term, a secret agent for a little while. So check it out. We'll be right back.
0: Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <coughs> Don't be coughing into the
1: microphone, dude. That's, I, that's, that's literally that's just what started i I'm testing. <laughs> It still hears you cough. It doesn't filter that out. It's not like... What? You
2: What? To to, you have to cut out the first part? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Audio Engineer is having a pouty-fouty-fout. <laughs> a what? A pouty-fouty-fout.
1: A pouty-fouty-fout.
2: <laughs> Let's expound
1: on what a pouty-fouty-fout is, you asshole. It's when you sit there and you squint your eyes at me while you're biting your teeth. I'm not, I'm not squinting my eyes at you. I was just looking at you.
2: Whatever. Just giving like, you a
1: straight on look.
2: Looking like a straight character. I think
1: you me. just feel guilty about the way you act sometimes. And you're just like, you know what? I got to make fun of him because I feel guilty. I
2: think we all know I don't feel guilty about the way I, act. I think you do feel guilty. Yeah. I feel bad. <coughs> Sorry.
1: All right. I want to ask you a question about when you were learning to drive. Um, there were plenty of times that when you learn to drive, you don't think about certain things that go into driving, like how much a tag costs every time you get it. And there are times yeah. you find yourself there. for that one. And for the f- like two or three months after you don't have a tag, you spend your life wondering where the cops are trying to avoid the cops, trying to, av-
2: well, let me uh, give you guys some behind the scenes knowledge here. The reason Shane's giving you this <laughs> this very detailed intro to the story is he asked me earlier, we were talking about what we were going to talk about, if I ever ran from the cops. And I was like, no, are you crazy? Are you out of your damn mind? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, so you've never had like a tag and tried to avoid it? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally tried to avoid the cops. I was like, when-,
1: when you when you like weave between traffic and shit like that, like trying to avoid I the cops seeing your tag. Yeah, he was talking
2: about that. I thought he was talking about Grand Theft Auto 5 over he here. He was talking like some Smokey and the Bandit shit where we're,
1: like, jumping shit trying to get away from the cops. I was like, no. They have
2: radios.
1: <laughs> I am never running from the... Ca- and... Kenny brought something up very important. Like if you're in a car and somebody tries to run from the cops when you're in it, I'm pulling the e-brake. The, the first response for me is what the fuck are you doing, dude? Let me the fuck out if you're going to do this. This is not happening. I with hope me they in the catch. Car.
2: I hope they catch you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I start hitting the person driving. I swear to god, dude, fuck you and your assholenish. Damn assholes. So, the reason I ask Kenny that is because like there's definitely been times when I was younger, there was definitely one specific time where I was like just had missed my tag, and I was poor as shit at the time. And I was like, "Oh God damn it! I can't afford this thing." It was like, I was
2: notorious for not paying for my tag.
1: You had like a year and a half. You didn't have a tag. Oh, right? Two whole
2: years. <laughs> two, two I had to years. pay for two tags at one time.
1: Kenny <laughs> had the money.
2: But let's let's it's not the government stealing from me. I hate them.
1: What is it? is this some sort of like stand you were trying to take, like some tax- sort of civil
2: disobedience kind of
1: shit, where you so you're not going to pay your tag?
2: Ta- taxation is theft.
1: No, you definitely have representation there, asshole. It's
2: still theft. It, the original taxes were theft, literally. The original, you know who invented taxes? No. Genghis Khan. So, <laughs> at first, Genghis Khan was just wiping people out, right? He take your just come to your city, kill everyone, and take your shit. He didn't even leave the women? No, he killed everybody. So then, one of his advisors was like, Hey, what if we come and take all their shit, but leave them there? And when they get new shit, we can just take part of it and have a continual like, you know, income off this. And Genghis Khan was like, Oh, that's that's dope. <laughs> that's one of the best ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> so let's do that. They started doing that. Now the thing about Genghis Khan is he was he was cool in the fact that he didn't tax the poor or the uh the religious class, just the wealthy and merchant class.
1: So that's why churches have never paid taxes, I guess?
2: I don't think that carries over necessarily
1: directly, <laughs> but
2: in the, in I think fact, it was probably in
1: the memo, like, everybody taxes, who did taxes later. So,
2: literally, taxes were invented as a form of theft because you were basically told you're either going to pay these taxes or the Mongol hordes are going to come and wipe you out.
1: So, this is the knowledge you took when it came time to pay for your tag. Yes. <laughs> I <laughs> took a stand. Kenny thought of the Mongol hordes coming into Cobb County and stabbing everybody to I may to be death. related
2: to Genghis Khan. Everybody may be related to Genghis
1: Khan. He did a lot of fucking things. They
2: they literally say like half of the like one third of the population could be traced back to Genghis Khan. That's like literally like three-fourths of Asia is related to this dude. You gotta think there's a lot of fucking Asians.
1: You gotta think (laughs)
2: like
1: how powerful you are as a person to have fucked enough people (laughs) to where a third of the people on this entire planet. Are of your lineage. That's a
2: stout motherfucker, right?
1: <laughs> that is a virile dude. Let's just—I'm just, just going to put it out there. That's a guy. Who, that's a guy's sperm. That's like his sperm sitting around drinking coffee, dude. Like, <laughs> and, like with bourbon in it. I mean, like straight up. Like his—he yeah. he was, was the Michael Jordan of fucking. <laughs> he was the Tiger Woods of fucking. Okay, <laughs> no, let's
2: like, be... Michael came out way better at the end. Have you seen Tiger Woods recently? I've he tried. He looks to... like a goddamn like. Well, whatever Oscar the Grouch is, he looks like one his hair is all patchy and shit. Like, I, should, I expect that motherfucker to pop up out of trash cans <laughs>
1: <laughs> with his pet worm. It's the, the serious thing. Like, I don't know how we went from Genghis Khan to Tiger Woods, but...
2: Shane, you the- did that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to tags, because we, <laughs> we both have tag stories. <laughs> okay, so...
1: so- you went for two years without paying your tag, which which is still ludicrous to me. <laughs> Within two years, there were no Mongol hordes in Cobb uh, County. Oh, they like everybody. all
2: everybody at the tag office came like over. <laughs> like they <laughs> shut down the. All, this dude's paying for two tags at oh, He's that bad. I'm like, I hate you people. <laughs> Let me throw in a quick like a, a quick tangent.
1: I went into the tag store uh, last tag year store. to the, ta- well, the tag office <laughs> to pay my uh, it's tag store. And shit you're like not that. getting
2: anything real. You're getting a fictional piece of plastic that says you've been robbed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There were no Mongol there were no Mongols there whatsoever there were nobody on horseback that's even more disrespectful they're not giving him the credit he's due there's no snow there was nothing there was no archers there was no cavalry <laughs> nothing. So I walk into the tag office and it's literally out the door with poor people trying to get their tag. And I'm not Why being, are they poor people. I'm not trying to say they're all poor, but a lot of them look like the salt of the earth. I'm just saying they probably weren't there for tags. They were probably for like
2: food stamps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so a- it's, it, it, there were like, there were like a few folks mixed in there and I'm asking them, I'm like, so what, what's all in the line? And they're like, after a minute, I'm like, okay, so it's not all poor people. It's like some people <laughs> who are just, have like, been here too long. And I look deeper into it and I'm like, so what's, why are you guys all in line? Do I have to get in line too? And they're like, well, are you doing an address change or are you adding a new driver? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I was like, no, and the te- there's like an officer there like directing me and shit like that. And he goes, well, if you're not doing anything crazy, you can just go over now, to this machine. I hope machine. something cool happens, because so on. far this
2: is the most gay story I've ever heard in my entire life. Hurry Shut up. the fuck up. This <laughs> is as gay as going to the tag office. But thank you for the play-by-play, sir. Keep going. So
1: in <laughs> in the office, like I said, there's all these like drooling tired old either. people. I
2: know you're trying to cut it <laughs> I'm out. I'm not cutting it out. That's why I'm talking while you're talking. You can't cut me out without cutting you out.
1: So <laughs> while I'm in this tag store, I'm asking everybody, I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, we're getting our tags, but we have all this shit to do and the officer who's in there looks at me and goes you can just go to this machine if you just need a tag and I walk over in front of everybody else there's like 35 people in this tag office trying to get a tag and I just get my uh, thing and I'm like I, I looked at him.
2: we went from traffic chases to I, using a tag kiosk I, I,
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to piss everybody off and I looked around and I was like bet you guys wished you weren't doing an address change right now and everybody in the place was like shut the fuck up dude <laughs>
2: You're such an ass. Just wasting our time with that story was very similar to that, <laughs> that same feeling.
1: So two years without a tag. Two years without
2: a tag, <laughs> and like they were just amazed. They're like, "Oh my god, you're to find two tags. This is ridiculous." So, and then another time, the first time I ever bought a new car, not a used car, brand new car, had three miles on it. I drove it off the lot. Bought it two months before my birthday. So I go to the tag office. This is before they changed the rule where you pay all your tax up front.
1: Right, where they pay it on the car and you don't have to fucking. You're only
2: paying, like, the $75 now every year for the processing fee. Well, back in the day, you paid, like, a certain percentage of what your car was worth. So, unbeknownst to my young dumbass, who had never had a new car that was worth anything, (laughs) it's not what you, like, the equity you have in it. It's the total value of the car. Right. Whatever it
1: costs, that's what you have to pay taxes on. Yeah,
2: and I walked in there, and they were like, your tag's $575. (laughs) And I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and i wasn't right back so i'm driving around and it comes up like two months after my birthday and i get pulled over in marietta right and i'm like ah, oh, damn it <laughs> usually i can get away i was kind of let down with myself because i'm like usually like i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm definitely a, a repeat offender when it comes to tags i've probably had like 10 expired tag tickets because they're not very much; they're like sixty bucks in Cobb County. <laughs> the, when
1: I got an expired tag ticket, when I got busted in, the, in my story, I'm going to tell in a second, it was 175
2: dollars. Mine's. You must have done something else too. So, so here I am pulled over, and the cop comes up, and he's like, "Hi, right, how are you?" And I'm like. <laughs> I'm doing pretty shitty. I just got pulled over. <laughs> I'd be doing imagine, better if I was at home. Imagine, watching TV. Imagine that. Playing Madden. So he's like, uh, see your tag's a little expired. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> is this the two-year tag expiration? No, it's not. was two months. Two months, okay. So he's That's like, right with the $500 car. So he's like, why'd your tag expire? And I was like, well, <laughs> I told him the same story I just told you folks. It's $500. And he's like, oh. I can understand it. I can relate to that. So he goes, well, you know, your your tag has expired more than I can give you leeway on. The fact that I've pulled you over and called your tag in, I have to give you a ticket. And I was like, I looked straight at him. I was like, that's fine. I can pay $65. <laughs> I cannot pay $555. But now you have to pay like $600. Like over <laughs> See, $600. See, you're overthinking it. This is a time no, I'm, I'm in our 20s. We weren't, totals didn't matter. It's what you had to pay that week and still be able to eat. Don't act like it's not how it was. Oh, I understand stretching a dollar. So, you know, I could pay $65 and go another month. Because, you know, if I had a ticket, then the next cop's going to at least be like, all right, you got to have time to.
1: There are those cops that will write you a second ticket. And I've, I've had cops threaten me with a second ticket. For, there they, for
2: are, but you're an asshole and I'm nice. So. No, no. When
1: the cops come, I'm fucking Eddie Haskell suddenly. Yes, sir. No, sir. I absolutely mm. understand.
2: Mm. We'll get to that. <laughs> Every time, huh? Every time. Every single time. You've Every never, single time. You've never been an asshole to the cops. No. Not even like I was hit one's car. Now, I wasn't an <laughs>
1: asshole by almost hitting a cop's car. I told Kenny a story. We went to and grabbed some food a second ago, and I was sitting there telling him. I was like, have I ever told you the story about almost hitting a cop's car? And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, I, you tell. I jumped out of the car to like, explain what I was doing to the, uh, to the cop, and I left my car in gear. And it starts rolling back on the cop's car. And he goes, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know if your car hits mine, I'm taking you to jail. And I
2: run over like a lightning bolt into my car. Oh
1: my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!
2: And I'm betting that he just looked over at somebody else right after that and went. See how I made that kid run? That's like a traffic misdemeanor at most. <laughs> Take him to jail. You give him a ticket.
1: I'm fucking 16 years old driving a, a 76 Nova. Okay, <laughs> you're just a dumb poor kid he can fuck with.
2: My car might have totaled his though. Let's be
1: honest. But yeah,
2: I just I told my cop that I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm, I understand if you give me a ticket. I'm not asking you not to. Just I get it i got to go take this ticket because I can't pay 500 bucks Now, Then other times, normally I could avoid them. I'd be on the lookout when I have my tag out. I'd whip in the stores. No, do you're whatever. super
1: vigilant and shit, like backing into yeah, parking and spaces. What I and hate shit.
2: is when you get a, an old cop behind you who knows exactly what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> and he don't mind pulling right in behind you in a parking lot and going, I can still give you a ticket. <laughs> Just because you parked
1: doesn't make your tag current, sir.
2: <laughs> when I that, that happened to me in Roswell, close to where you live now. And uh, I pulled in and the cop pulled in. I knew it me. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> this cop knows what's up. And he pulls up and he was like, he was all laughing about it. He's like, ah, you thought you were going to get away. <laughs> thought you were going to, you didn't think I saw you. And I was like, I see obviously you, you saw me. I, was, I, was, I wasn't kiss ass at all to this cop. Cause I knew I was getting a ticket no matter what. So I was just like, yeah, I was trying to avoid you. <laughs> so Wouldn't you, you, what, what, you try to avoid me if it was flipped
1: around? If you had an expired tag. But you can get a fucking resisting arrest uh, charge with that shit.
2: No, I wasn't like an asshole about it. It was more like gamemanship. Like he got a catch and I was pissed <laughs> off. He caught me. It was more, he wasn't pissed at all. He was all like, ha ha
1: The cop was probably on the radio being like, yeah, we got a 1028 being poor in Roswell. Being poor in Roswell.
2: Not having a tag. I did have a cop get pissed off at me. I didn't even mean to piss him off. It's a Doraville cop. What were you doing in
1: Doraville? I was
2: on the way to where I worked in Chamblee, Dunwoody. And okay. in way. it was a 285. Had expired tag. Of course. <laughs> I'm in the left lane, the far left lane. My theory was they're less likely to pull you over for some dumb shit if you're in the left lane. <laughs> so this cop pulls me over, gets them behind me, and lights me up. So I pull over on the left side like as if, like, oh, he needs to get around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that didn't work at all. He got on the loudspeaker. I was like, pull over to the right. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> So I pull over to the right. He was a fat cop. <laughs> with a bald fat cops.
1: One of those ones that shambles out of his car and shit. Because His pants are
2: all tight because of those uniform pants.
1: With so, the big uniform jacket. like over. you could pinch a tent with.
2: he had like the Sergeant Slaughter baldness where he had the ring. <laughs> the cul-de-sac. He had the mustache too. He looked a little bit like Sergeant Slaughter now that I think about it. He had the law enforcement mustache. Oh, yeah. And I, he came over. He's like. Just for your information, if you ever get pulled over on an interstate, you need to pull over to the right. And I was like, well, I was kind of hoping you had somewhere to go, and that wasn't for me. He goes, you know it was for you. You have an expired tag. And I was like,
1: eh. <laughs> you should have been like, oh, my God. My tag's
2: expired? Little column A, little column B. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, sir. So he takes my stuff. He goes back and comes back with my ticket, and he's giving me more of a lecture. And as I go up and I go to take my license from him, he like grips down on it to give me a little bit more of a lecture. Like won't let me take it out of his hand until he was done bitching at me.
1: He did the fucking holding your license. So you couldn't pull it from him. Seriously.
2: Yeah. That, Oh dude, that's a fucking power. How old were you at the time? I uh, was
1: probably in my early 20s. It was a fucking power play for the kid and like, I'm going to hold your license, boy.
2: Oh, yeah. You listen it was to me like when the I old, talk to you. am telling you, it was Sergeant Slaughter looking mother.
1: <laughs> the crazy thing when you get pulled over for something like that. like My story was was basically very similar. Like, But I'm driving along, and I see the cop pull out. But he's like a car length behind me. <laughs> so as soon as I see You're here, already busted. Well, no. There was one car in between us. So I'm thinking, man, he hasn't seen my license yet. He, he hasn't seen my plate. It's fine. So I jump over to the right lane in front of another car. Now there's two cars in between us. Everything's fine, and I cruise along. It's on off of a uh, South Cobb Drive, where the post office is right before that. And I'm cruising along, weaving in and out of traffic and shit like that. And I notice the cop starts moving around. He's a Smyrna
2: cop. Oh uh, Smyrna cops are dicks. Oh yeah, and he slides right. Uh, unless up you're next a Smyrna me, cop and you're listening, <laughs> then keep. You listening. guys already know I don't like you. I've been in your jail enough times. Fuck you guys.
1: Kenny tells me about all of his spades experience that he got when he was a.
2: You get a lot. There's nothing else <laughs> to do. Whatever. You can't talk shit. You could compliant in me getting blackmail fucking or smuggled fucking taquitos. Okay. I might have brought you some
1: contraband while you were in jail, <laughs> but you weren't technically in the jail. It's what's, like my, a- what's
2: amazing is not only did we smuggle contraband, but it didn't involve anybody's butthole. <laughs> so I any- would not have eaten that taquito. <laughs> no I just went over to my ass. Put it in
1: your mouth. <laughs> Put
2: it in your mouth, boy. Little <laughs> people from one of my bitches. Oh wow, dude, are you really doing this? That's how cool I am.
1: That's <laughs> a sound effect. So anyway, <laughs> the cop pulls up next to me, like pulls next to my car, and then like there's enough room behind me where I'm like,
2: he's he's got me. There's nothing I can do. Like I'm, just, I'm driving along, and I'm like, you know, when you're like, basically, you and that's that's point, he's toying with you, and he's probably thinking, all right, now that he knows I have, I've got him. How long should I wait before I turn the lights on? And he, just,
1: <laughs> he cruises with me all the way till we get to the post office on South. He County was Drive. probably
2: debating whether or not you're worth his time. Like, get this kid for a tag. He looks like a dork. He probably didn't have any drugs on him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't even have any money. He's white. Oh, God damn it. So finally, after we cruise along like that for about half a mile, he slides over next to me and then finally hits the blue lights and he walks up and he's got the, the Smyrna cop swagger, the, the older guy with the law enforcement mustache. And a, you uh, know why I pulled you over, boy? Did he have, uh, do you have
2: uh, the aviator glasses on? He
1: actually did have the aviator, <laughs> aviator
2: glasses on. And he's like, you know why I pulled you over, boy? They either have the aviator glasses on in Smyrna or the baseball ones with the triangles. No, the, they didn't, the he, looking he didn't have else. the Oakleys.
1: He had the fucking he had the aviators.
2: <laughs> They're big on those, too. The young cops like the Oakleys and the old cops like the aviators. Yeah, this guy was like 45 at the time, and I'm like 22
1: going, um, was it for my tag? I know, I know it's expired, sir. It was like a month after my tag, too. So I knew it was expired, but I was hoping that I could skate by with it. Like, I was just poor enough to where I couldn't get one.
0: <laughs> Please, sir. Uh, I'm poor. Please have poor for
1: <laughs> So with, at this time, it was still 60 bucks. but I was like, God damn it. Like, for me, I'm thinking, that's 60 bucks plus the fucking $300 tag I got to pay for. God damn it.
2: And uh, he says... It's uh, a negative, Nancy.
1: I always noticed... Uh, he was like, I noticed you were weaving in and out of traffic there for a minute. W- were you trying to avoid me? I was like... Well, you know, <laughs> you were behind me. I didn't have a tag. I was kind of hoping that I could just, you know, slide around a little bit and be able to get on my way home. You know, I'm, I've got to get to the house, sir. I've got a dog I had to take care of. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh.
2: I mean, that's, I'm trying to get out of a ticket at like 22. The dog. Did you didn't have a dog when you were <laughs> <laughs> 22. did. I had Chico. No, you didn't. You were older than 22 when you had Chico. No, I was not. You were too. You were like 23 at least. You were 24 probably.
1: Okay, I might have been 23 when the story took place then. Why are you going to stop with the fucking details, asshole? Because you're lying. When I stop you with details,
2: you're like, don't stop my story, goddammit. This was good. Well, maybe it just needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> so you lived at DA at the time? I assumed you lived with your mother the way you were talking about how young you were. No, I wasn't live with my mom at so, twenty-two. So you aren't really dumb and innocent. You're just playing dumb and innocent.
1: No, I wasn't playing dumb and innocent. I was playing poor and innocent. I was trying <laughs> to play innocent, but I was fucking poor. So I was doing everything I could to avoid getting busted by the cop for not having a tag. Because okay. unlike you, I seriously was thinking if I get busted, I got to pay for the three hundred twenty-eight dollar <laughs> tag. Yeah, and did, the fucking money. You went the
2: Shane route. I went the Kimmy route. Right
1: fuck it <laughs> <laughs> you went immediate consequences i was like god damn it things are gonna be fucked up for a long like you get time get hit
2: by a bus the next day then i'll have to pay either one fuck it
1: so yeah well
2: <laughs> who was happier while they were pulled over
1: look neither one of us have a better story than my dad and it's one of my dad's <laughs> Why is
2: it always your dad that does some crazy shit
1: All right, so I think what these stories prove is that Kenny and I both were stupid teenagers who made the mistake of believing that we could fight the law and win. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about somebody who did fight the law and win, kinda, in my dad. And then later on, we're going to talk about Kenny being a secret agent in his 12-hour military career. So check it out. We'll be right back.
0: We will return after these messages. What's up, guys? This is Epic Film Guy Nick here, and I just want to take a few moments to tell you about an excellent podcast that I personally listen to called Ice and the Face. All right. Now, if you're a fan of dystopian and even nihilistic comedy, this is the show for you. Rick and Sarah take the most ridiculous news items in the world every single week, and they just tear these stories down, all while having a great, great laugh They're usually joined by guests. To jump right in on the fun and it's just a great time they just launched a patreon over at patreon.com slash ice in the face so you can also support them but if you're not listening to this show what you need to do is go to their website at ice in the or jump over on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe to ice in the face i promise you'll listen for two minutes and you will be hooked just like i am so go ahead and give it a listen and back to your regularly scheduled program the price
1: is wrong, bitch. All right, Kenny. This week we're gonna do a brand new commercial for Patreon. You've already been told what pa- You've already been told what Patreon is. Uh, I knew you, you, ass- you were gonna ask you me assume that I was don't fucking ask me what Patreon is. Patreon is the place, patreon.com slash now let them older where they go there, give us money, donate oh. to the podcast every month. Yeah, give me some money. It's for now that I'm older. It's not for Kenny. There is no place to donate to Kenny. Don't try to donate directly to Kenny. Patreon.com, if you go there, we're going to give you things like stickers, T-shirts, uh, unreleased content. We're also going to have Kenny do a shout-out where he talks about you directly, and he's going to do his best to make it as nice as possible. No, I'm not.
2: Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to
1: you,
0: sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Shit, no,
2: man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man.
0: <laughs> hey, everyone. I am Mike Jolitz from the Mike Jolitz Show, available on Spreaker.com and iTunes soon, I hope. I do a show where I mention some news items, celebrity stuff, stupid criminals, and just silly things I read on the interweb. Proud member of the Pottern family.
1: Thanks, Superman. Boy, that's sometimes I got a headache. I better go home and
2: take some medicine for it. Oh? Sure, I got a lot of stuff in the medicine cabinet. Taking pills is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Dangerous? The
1: wrong pill or too many pills can make you sick. Remember, kids shouldn't take any medicine unless it's given to them by a doctor or their parents.
2: I remember Superman. Have you listened to the show? Yes, I was about to say, like, always, it's always your dad who takes the cake. What do you do this time?
1: Oh, well, he told me this story a while back that when he was, um, oh God, I want to say he was like 21, 22, something like that, but he owned a, a, a Chevelle and he pulled up next to a, <laughs> next to another car. A he,
2: Chevelle is such a dentist car. <laughs>
1: Well, he pulls up next into this red light, and there's somebody next to him. And I forget what kind of car it was, a Camaro or a Mustang, one of those 70s fucking muscle cars and shit. And the dude starts revving his engine next to my dad.
2: We know he doesn't have like the, the, the wherewithal to ignore that. <laughs>
1: now, let's look at it from my point of view. Now, if it was me sitting in that seat, I'd be like, yeah, that, that's cool. You yeah. have an awesome car. And yeah, I'm not going to
2: race you and risk getting a ticket. That I is just, not how Dennis's brain works. I would just drive off and be like, okay, cool. I'm going home. This takes a different approach to things,
1: I'm sure. My dad's lizard brain kicked in and immediately <laughs> he was fucking
2: challenged. His man must, within, be, <laughs> must be dominant,
1: must destroy the competition. And my dad revs his engine, <laughs> lizard brain. The, the, red light tur- the red light turns green and they both take off and they're. Going down Bankhead Highway, probably going like my dad said. At one point, he looked down and saw he was going 120.
2: Bankhead Highway is such a Dennis highway. <laughs> well, back then it was a much different
1: place. Like you could I mean, probably I get. I
2: know. I used to. I went to Floyd.
1: You could get crack cocaine off Bankhead Highway
2: these days, but yeah. back then it was a much different place. But it was in a transition back then. Though. It was already starting, but like the old white people still thought it was nice. So they'd, like, put furniture stores out there.
1: <laughs> there were plenty of furniture stores.
2: But there were lots of Dennis's over there. I'll put it that way. Dennis, Dennis was not alone in this environment.
1: So my dad's racing whoever this guy was in his fucking, you know, muscle car from the 70s. And they're flying down Baker Highway doing, like, 120 miles an hour. When the guy in the, uh, the right lane slams on his brakes at this red light because there's a Cobb County cop sitting at the red light on the other side. My dad sees this guy hit his brake lights or sees the guy
2: pull back cuz my dad was in front of him and my dad just so he sees the other guy suddenly slow down and he doesn't think maybe something's up he thinks here's my opportunity
1: lizard brain
2: <laughs> so my dad
1: my dad <laughs> flies on past the cop cop throws the blue lights on you turn behind my dad, and suddenly the co- and the cop. By this point, by the time he's gotten turned around, my dad was going 120. Okay, yeah, so
2: he's got a good lead already. Yeah,
1: he's like fucking like half a mile away from the cop yeah, by the time I'm he turns around. Couple blocks. So it was a half mile.
2: Okay, sure, sure it was. Keep going. Speed of sound. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, keep going. We should remember that. Remember that fact, folks. He said half a mile. I'm
1: joking when I said half a
2: mile. Uh, now you're joking. I'm okay.
1: <laughs> like I really meant half a
2: mile I'm just trying to work on your honesty
1: <laughs> So my dad is a half a mile away from this cop When he flies by At 120 miles an hour And like he flies by And the cop Suddenly there's another cop behind him And there's cops like My dad can see the cops As they're getting smaller behind he can him see
2: them all the way a mile and a
1: half. <laughs> <laughs>
2: By this point they're like three miles back But he can see them <laughs>
1: But he's like he's looking in his rear view and he can see like more cops joining the fray and shit like that. And my dad knew the area really well, so he like turns down a road, turns down another road. But the cop had seen his his um, his tag as he had gone by. And when he turned around, like the cop could see his tag clearly, and he calls it in, or he was just close enough because it wasn't
2: half mile that he saw it. Well, like I said, at this point, it was like, <laughs> way at this point, more. he was half a state away.
1: <laughs> my dad was in Mississippi at this point, okay? <laughs> so, so, dad turns around. The cop gets his tag and shit like that. But my dad clears the cops, gets all the way to his house. Takes Parks enough turns.
2: The, the, the trick is taking enough turns. Exactly. My dad's dad this from Grand Theft the Auto Five. Not real life, Dennis. <laughs> Grand <laughs> Theft Auto Five. Maybe maybe your dad will be fine when he gets out. We can just sit him down in front of Grand Theft Auto Five. Trevor. We can get him all your dad is Trevor. <laughs> 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 we can just sit him down in front of Grand Theft Auto Five and just let him get it all out.
1: My dad is Trevor. I've watched I've never Trevor can plane... fly airplanes. If you give my dad enough time, anything mechanical, he'll figure out. I'll just put it that way. Anything mechanical that you put in front of him, the dude just works it out. In a different life, he's an engineer who's built many things. In this life, he's a crazy person. So, my dad gets to the house, takes enough turns, like back and forth through side streets, gets to my grandma or my mama and papa's house, parks the car, runs around behind the house. Like, way, way back in the day, it was just woods behind the house with this big ass ditch. So, my dad runs down into the ditch and hides and stares at my grandma and grandpa's place. <laughs> My mama wakes up in the middle of the night because there's a (laughs) knock at the door, just and the cops are like doing the cop knock, like fucking serious about this shit. We we heard you. They think they are gonna fucking break this door down, and this is where my dad lives. And mama opens the door, and she said as she's walking through the house, the whole fucking place is blue. It's just bathed (laughs) in this strobe. She said there were cops pulled up on the lawn. Like they were pu- they had pulled over some of her bushes and shit like that. Like they were mad. Like the Blues brothers where the cops were all crazy and shit like that. That's what my mama said it was like. And as soon as she opens the door, they say, Are you uh does Dennis Smith live here? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. He just outran us about ten, fifteen minutes ago. You seen him? <laughs> No, but when I do, you'll be the first to find out. <laughs> my dad got turned in by the cops the next day. My mom and Papa marched him into the fucking station and we we're like, <laughs> here he is. I uh,
2: bet that was a long drive to the police station.
1: It was probably uh, better that he got sent to the police station instead of you know wrecking somebody's uh, Christmas present.
2: No, that's totally a good idea that he got taken to the police station. I'm just bet that's a long ride.
1: My, my dad's told me many stories about uh, Popo. Like, uh, mama at one point had to tell my dad that he needed to make sure and hide his weed because Papa was going to take it and pour it out. Because apparently, my dad would try to hide weed in his uh, guitar case, and Papa was like like Batman when it came to fucking snooping (laughs) shit out. Papa always would find his weed and fucking take it and like dump it into the toilet and flush it. And then later on, dad would go to find his weed, like go hang out with his friends, (laughs) and there'd be no weed there. I was good at having my weed though. Dude, my mom would fucking... My mom said she called his ass out many times. She goes, Dennis, you need to make sure you get rid of that weed so your dad didn't find it. Because if he does, he's just going to dump it out again. I'm just going to let you know.
2: (laughs) I used to put it in my uh, coat pocket in the summer, like in the closet, on the inside pocket. So... Why would you check somebody's jacket pocket that was hung up in their closet?
1: Because your parents weren't Batman like Papa was, basically.
2: Papa must have been slave. My grandparents never even suspected it. it was at my grandparents' house.
1: Dude, Papa was a fucking seaman in the Merchant Marines, okay? And <laughs> when I say he was a seaman, I you don't mean... You just like
2: saying he's a seaman. <laughs> I, you said that several times today. Maybe not while recording me. You like to say my, that he was a seaman. He was a seaman. Okay, he was a seaman. You also told me your grandmother was mad when you found out he was a <laughs> seaman. So something tells me that 10-year-old Shane was just as fucking thrilled to say it as this Shane.
1: 10-year-old Shane was pretty stoked about it. Do you have any uh, any relatives that were in the military at all?
2: My brother was in the Air
1: Force. That's right. I always forget your brother was in the Air Force. Let's see. I have... Uh, Papa
2: was in the Army.
1: Did he ever see any action?
2: He was in during World War II. He was an engineer, though. So he didn't, like, kill anybody. He did paperwork and math. <laughs> <laughs> he, he killed the math. Dude. He killed it at math. He probably did kill a bunch of people actually doing math for like how to build bombs because <laughs> he worked for Lockheed afterwards. Um, let's see on my dad's side, I don't think there was any. Oh, my his uh, his uncle, my great uncle, was an Air Force photographer. He was in Vietnam. So no real war stories, just, you know,
1: people who designed bombs and took pictures.
2: We did smart people jobs. <laughs> uh, just like when I joined the military, I was in the military for a day. I think we've already talked about this.
1: Some of our newer listeners might not have heard about your, uh, illustrious, I was sworn
2: in and everything.
1: Illustrious, My, illustrious military career.
2: Uh, 12 hours. <laughs> I had a 12 hour military career. Um, I took an, the ASVAB and scored perfect on it. So they basically were like, all right, so you can have any job that doesn't require being be an officer. Here's the list. And I picked intelligence analysis because that seemed like a fun job. <laughs> but the problem is the Army has a specific culture, and that culture is hurry up and wait. They run you somewhere to then stay in the line. The logic part of my brain could not accept this culture. <laughs> there was no need for me to run here, sir. You need to run cuz I told you to run. That's not a good enough reason.
1: <laughs> What's my motivation to run though?
2: I happen to know you're not allowed to hit me anymore. <laughs> so You can
1: only give me a stern talking to. So
2: the only way you could punish me for not running is putting me in a room where I can't run. <laughs> and you still have to feed me. So let's talk about this. <laughs> like or we could just let you go home. We just we don't need to do this. So apparently, in the first like day or two, they can just say no, <laughs> no, no, no. Everything you just signed, take that. We're taking that back. We're call. We're going to call somebody to come take you home. How long was this process? The Meps process. That's what it's called. Meps is where you go, and that's the, where you get your balls checked. You have to cough, right? All that shit, and then they ship you out. It's about a day, a twenty-four hour process.
1: So from the time you started, like you showed up at the recruitment office. <laughs>
2: No, I didn't. Start. The recruiters fuck with you for a while to try to convince you it's a good idea. No, this I'm, is a oh, step I'm after know.
1: the recruiters. Let, let's let's go back because in high school recruiters were like fucking.
2: Oh, dude, they were fucking like vultures. They were like bad girlfriends, <laughs> dude. They were
1: fucking. They, <laughs> they were stage five clingers. <laughs> hey, um, hey man, I know that you told us that you weren't kind of interested right now, but what if we told you that you could be interested if you just came? My recruiter in- st-
2: threatened to stab me
1: what <laughs> my recruiter was just basically nice but it was always kind of like um it felt like he was kind of a drug like a um, like a drug dealer almost like hey man if you just come in and talk about the military i could give you a lot of military okay i <laughs> yeah. just want you to talk about i got it for started a like bit. that
2: then when it like i got like flaky about signing up yeah at one point he threatened to stab me i, w- I didn't take it very serious because he was kind of a dork.
1: <laughs> he threatened to stab you? Like, how did he threaten to stab Did he say, I'm going to stab well, you if you don't sh- do this? I didn't
2: show up on something I was supposed to show up for to sign something. And he, finally, he found out where I was and called me at work. and was like, spread to God, if you stab me up again, I'll stab you. And I was like, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Tim. <laughs>
1: My guy was like a Jeff or some shit like that. You still
2: will You'll still kiss my ass tomorrow when you want me to sign those papers again. Were, are they on commission? Is that why they
1: fucking chase you like that? Or was it was that All time just a dark time? Earlier in the day, I told
2: you there's a thing that happens to guys that are in infantry. <laughs> your body can only do these physical jobs where, like, your job is to basically run around and be a soldier. I'm not talking special forces; those guys are a little different breed. But the average infantryman can only be an infantryman. Up to like 28, 29, 30. And after that, these are a lot of guys that are really into being in the military, but they're not really, how do you say it, qualified for like any sciencey jobs, like <laughs> <laughs> typing <laughs> or like computer science or anything. So they generally become recruiters. <laughs> or it's an old alcoholic guy who's like a staff sergeant who does wants an easy job. But they're promised all this stuff with their quotas if they meet these quotas. They'll get this, this, and that.
1: See, I never knew why they chased me like a fucking girlfriend. Like, I yeah, led my guy there's on. There's like, like a
2: point system, and they, you know, whatever. <laughs> I,
1: led, I led my guy on like, you know what, man? I'm, I'm really thinking about it.
2: Led that dude on, huh?
1: <laughs> I let him on, and I let him think that we were going to be a thing and that we were going to join in a holy matrimony of military ship. And then at I mean, the end, I was like, no.
2: I can walk you through the process. All right, so after all that process and you sign up, but generally your recruiter will take you to maps. Cause they want to make sure you don't fucking run off and be like, no, Oh my God, what am I done? So, they drop do they, me off.
1: They put you in the back of like a black sedan or something. They shit. have
2: sedans, a rental car and they speed like no other people do. Dude. Military dudes who so are they're like trying
1: to avoid you jumping out of the car. And no, rolling. They, just,
2: they speed cause they have a military tag and they, they're still active duty. So they have their active duty. Mili- Cops aren't going to give them a ticket. They're they're in uniform and everything, so they're not, they can drive, They can get away with driving like 80 down South Carolina Drive. But anyway, so they dropped me off. That must
1: be pretty fucking scary as a passenger. Eh.
2: Remember how I used to drive back then? That wasn't very scary.
1: <laughs> I would have been scared. I'd have been like, holy that's shit, dude, just the fuck down. That's
2: because you're a bitch mate.
1: That's not what it is. I just value my life. That's, that's why, why that's I
2: was the primary driver during car bashing, but whatever. So... And When I was in, MEPS was uh, at a place called Fort McPherson in Atlanta, which I don't think is a fort anymore. I think it's been sold to a private entity at this point. They shut it down. But it was a very urban base. It was it was like a processing center. And it was in downtown, downtown. So I'm at Fort McPherson. The first thing they do is they take you into this room. It's kind of like a classroom. And you're signing some paper or saying you're not drunk. <laughs> Literally, that's what it says. You can't be intoxicated. Then they breathalyze for you. Really? That you have to fucking breathe and everything? So you can't try to get out later by saying you were drunk when you signed the paperwork. So <laughs> at this point, you're like, they have to. <laughs> the <breath> fucked up <laughs> part is,
1: is enough people did that to where they had to make that part of the process. That's what I started
2: thinking, and I was like, oh shit.
1: So enough people in the '80s and '70s were like, no, nah, I was drunk when I did that, dude. To- I ain't going nowhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> back then, when you took the ASVAB, it was in school, and they make you take it again just to make sure that you have the right results. So then you have to go and you have to strip and pee. You have to pee so they can drug test you. They also take blood to drug test you. And the doctor checks you out. Um, and then you go talk to an officer.
1: Are you butt-ass naked the whole time?
2: You're butt-ass naked during the exam, that's it. Uh, some services have other tests you have to do. The Army is one of them. You have to make sure you can lift a certain amount of weight for your your weight. You have to lift, I think, 90% of your body weight on a bench press. Um, Air Force didn't have to do that because they're a bunch of chumps. <laughs> so then they march you to this other part of the place, and they call you in to talk you to an officer who's in the in the processing department. So I get called in, and most of these guys are getting called in by these young major or these young lieutenants they are getting called in. And all of a sudden, this major comes out. And he's got the major mustache, <laughs> like, like somebody who's obviously been in the military for a long time. <laughs> and he calls me back, and I go to the big desk, and I'm sitting there, and he goes, okay, you uh, scored perfect on your test, so you can basically pick any of these jobs. Goes, and there's like hundreds of jobs. He goes, what kind of job are you looking for? And I'll show you that page, and we'll talk about what they are. And I was like, It'll be military intelligence. <laughs> I'll be like James Bond.
1: What job did Steven Seagal do in most of the movies he was in? Because whatever that is, I want to do that.
2: He was a cook in Under Siege. (laughs) I'm talking about in
1: the military, dude.
2: That's in Under Siege in the battleship movie. He was the cook. That's why they kept saying, but he's the cook.
1: But he was former military.
2: He was he was a military cook. He was he was enlisted as a cook. But
1: he was former like special forces. Yes, he though, got like, in trouble. And the yeah. only two
2: jobs he was allowed to have anymore was either a yeoman or a cook. So he
1: looks like good. the bad guy from a Bond film these days. He dude. does.
2: He was <laughs> in the, Russia. It makes it even worse
1: with the dyed black hair and shit mm-hmm. like that,
2: dude. Mikhail Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a super big Trump supporter, apparently. Dude with the fucking T Twight lives in Russia. <laughs> so I'm there and I talk to the guy. Was, he's like, all right, well, here are the intelligence jobs. So I took intelligence analysis. I'm the guy, I'm the guy on the other side of the headphones. You're the guy
1: on the chair for the yeah, superheroes, basically. I'm the
2: I'm the guy. You're I'm, Felicity. I'm, I'm or I'm Felicity. And they're gonna train me. And then you're going over all the stuff. Different jobs back then had different terms of commitment. Infantry was like a two year commitment. At then two years you could go out. My advanced training after basic was more than two years alone. So I had to sign a six year commitment. Let me just stop
1: and say (coughs) that I can only imagine how different our relationship would have been. (laughs) And you actually, (laughs) I I wouldn't talk to you
2: people anymore. I'd be like, I'd I'd have a government job right now. (laughs) I would be fucking up other countries because you know I'm destructive. So they would definitely utilize that. (laughs) I'd be playing like coos.
1: <laughs> I still feel like we would know each other, but I feel like our podcast would be much more secretive.
2: So okay. the other day I was at work. Wh-
1: no, no, Red- I, I can't tell that's
2: Redact that. <laughs> what if I don't want? I suggest you redact that. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast? Remember that. Redacted. Time- remember that October you can't remember. <laughs> what What happened that October? It's classified be like that fucking
1: archer episode which is like you'll wake up in a mental institution with a different name and won't even remember anything.
2: So, after that, what? I picked the I signed up for the 6 years. I was going to have 24 months of advanced training. So, you have basic training then advanced training. Infantry is 2 months of advanced training. I had 24 months and where I had advanced training and you don't really get to leave while you're in advanced training is a place called Fort Hawucha. It's on the Mexican border of Arizona, you know, where Death Valley is. (laughs) And it's literally, if you look at it on a map, there's literally 300 miles before you get to any city in any direction. (laughs) That's why they train intelligence there, because it's completely isolated. And I was like, (laughs) half of me is like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) And the other half of me is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just signed my life away. Oh, my God. I would have been looking at the map
1: going, you know, it looks super awesome. But but
2: I was still down. I was down.
1: But it looks super boring, too. And
2: and then I found out what the military is really like. They put us in the waiting room. (laughs) So four hours later of just sitting there, they swear us into the United States military. So I raised my hand. The major, who was the highest-ranking officer there, came out, and he swore us in made us swear an oath to the Constitution, and yada, yada, yada. We were officially members of the military. Against foreign and domestic, that whole thing? Yeah, that whole thing. Defend the country against foreign and domestic, all that stuff. So then they made us run down to the cafeteria, and then we get down there after running top speed, and there's like this long-ass line. And I don't know what happened, but I snapped. <laughs> I was like, this, what the fuck? You made me just run and there's a long ass line now? This is stupid. This is basically
1: telling somebody drive your car as fast as you can down this side street so you can sit in uh, five o'clock traffic uh, on 285. Have you
2: ever just had somebody who wouldn't cooperate with the situation? They weren't like being violent oh, wait, you're usually this person in the room. <laughs> like, when, you're, when you decide that, you, that you're upset about something, never mind. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, like, I wasn't breaking any rule, but I was just refusing to – like, I was going to force them to put their hands on me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to fight back, but I was maximum passive resistance. <laughs> I'm not marching anywhere. I'm not going anywhere else. I want to know where the door is. I want my. I have rights, sir. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you just signed those rights away. You want to (laughs) bet? I'm going to get my lawyer in here. I'm going to cost you guys so much money just by by bogging up the system. And that's when they were like, all right, you know what? We're going to call this a day. You were never here. (laughs) I was like, is this a dishonorable discharge? Because I've heard you can't get jobs and stuff. They were like, as far as we're concerned, you were never in the military. Don't come back.
1: (laughs) So it took the United States military one. Day, not even a 24-hour day.
2: No, you have it backwards. <laughs> it took me <laughs> one day to decide I was not down with the U.S. military.
1: It took, let's put, okay, let's put it in the terms of a relationship. You and the military dated each other for about a month or two.
2: It oh, wasn't well, even a month. Hold it on, was like a th- you guys those, went on a couple of dates. No, it was a. Th- it's one of those hard hitting three day relationships where <laughs> I've fallen in love, and then the next day you don't hear anything about you it on wake Facebook. Up. And then the th- no, not you. I'm talking about everybody else. They see your post, like lovey dovey, like two people are like way on top, right? Big PDA. They're way, and they're annoying the shit out of you. Then the next day, radio silence. Then the third day, fuck so and so. Y'all don't know how shitty she is.
1: She's a bitch. (laughs) So it took you guys, it took you in the military less than 24 hours to completely break up. Like to fall in love, go through courtship, falling in love, and then going through a bitter fucking divorce all in the course of like 13, 14 hours.
2: Here's what a dumb person, they could have browbeat intellectually into doing what they wanted but they just realized at that point that this is going to be six years of nothing of wasting money on me (laughs) because I was just that uh, the military is just, it's, it's government. It's not the military. The people in the military are great heroes, yada, yada, yada. They're great people have nothing against them, but the structure of government is not for somebody with my patience or my, my ability to deal with, less than ideal situations because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like just red tape and regulations that don't really make sense. They're just there. And yeah, that's not me. It's not going to work.
1: So that's the actual story of you joining the military and the military telling you that's enough. You need yeah. to get the fuck out of here.
2: Now we also, had some kidney problems and I think a paper, <laughs> I think if you ever pulled the paperwork, the reason I wasn't able to go into the military was because I had a kidney stone. But the real story is they were like, we gotta get this kid out of here. He's not gonna be cooperative.
1: So now tell us the story that you told all the rest of us around this time. Oh, so at that what point happened tried, in the military. At that
2: point, since like my parents didn't know what to do with me, they sent me to stay with my uncle for two weeks because like they were going somewhere. Because they figured I'd be gone to the military, <laughs> so since I had to, <laughs> they leave, were going, we're going on
1: vacation, leave, and we're like, we're not leaving you alone.
2: So they sent me on vacation to my uncle's house, but that was a boring story. So I told everybody that they transferred me from the military to the FBI, <laughs> and I and I was in Quantico. He was in Quantico, <laughs> Virginia, being D. Uh, what's it called? Not when you're in terror. Debriefed. debriefed, and and they were deciding what to do with me. So, and I, then during that time period, the uh, Richard Jewell thing happened. The Atlanta bomb, the Atlanta Olympic bombing. And then I came back and convinced everybody except for shade who wouldn't shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) that I was investigating the Olympic bomber. And I had everybody, I had your brother like convinced
1: you took my brother out to the woods and burned (laughs) like some files from work.
2: (laughs) I took like with Blake pieces of paper in them. They had shut down an office and they needed somewhere to store these just tons of paperwork. And they were going to throw it away, like, the next week because it had gone like, past the years you have to store it for record purposes. Right, so it was,
1: it was trash, basically.
2: And it was like, it was the stuff that runs off the continuous paper. The old school printers and yeah, shit like the, that? Yeah, the, the, the dot matrix. That exactly. Just, and it can do thousands of pages. So you couldn't tell what the fuck it was. It just looked official. <laughs> but it was a cool-ass storage place they had just built where all the storage buildings were inside this giant building. And it looked all government and shit. And this is before you had, like, Bluetooth and all the cool wireless shit. So you would pull up and your car, the door would open and you drove in and it all, it looked like, like the end of Raiders of the lost Ark. And I like, like yeah, there was they took the secret. fucking thing into the government I did. So we pull in <laughs> and I opened up the storage man I'm acting all shady and I got like black leather trench coat on and all black clothes. And it's like 1am in the morning and your brother's like, what the fuck are we doing? man?" I mean, Steven's like 13. What the fuck are we doing, man? I was like, you're the only one I can trust. Steve. <laughs> so let's go back.
1: Real quick. Let's just let's just put it in perspective for the audience. You went away, joined the military for one day. You decided you didn't like it. They Got decided they don't out. like you. <laughs> Got kicked the fuck out of the military. Go away to stay with your uncle for two weeks. Come back. You tell the whole group of friends, like, and for everybody who had this kind of group of friends, this was a group of people who all hung out. All the time, we were in each other's business twenty four fucking seven. We it was
2: like knew, a sitcom. It
1: would dude. it was friends
2: before friends was a thing. It was friends if everybody was shitty to each other.
1: <laughs> if everybody started out like friends and then halfway through it was like, I don't know, like a bad episode of Arrested Development where everybody hated each <laughs> yes,
2: other. It was a lot like Arrested <laughs> Development. And I was like, uh, what's his name? Jude. <laughs> you were Job. Job. <laughs> so there I am uh, with I've, Michael. I stopped being a magician and now I'm my FBI analysis.
1: <laughs> so Kenny comes back after this two weeks at his uncle's place and he tells everybody... Sigh. They saw had, my score. Hold on, he he he's, This is the way the lie worked because he took like little shreds of truth, <laughs> yes, and weaved them
2: in. Which is how you keep your story straight, kids. Note that because down. that
1: way you remember because there's shreds of truth in there. So he says, "I scored perfectly on the test they make us take, and based on those test scores, they immediately transfer me to Quantico, Virginia, and that's the when I heard him say that, Kenny's." very terrible at pronouncing things and spelling things that's just a thing about him one of the smartest people I know stupid as fuck when it comes to grammar so as soon as I heard Quantenko I was like bullshit
2: <laughs> he had to look that up
1: <laughs> so in the back of my head I'm like okay so I don't say anything to anybody and Kenny goes you have this? to
2: admit it was irritating Oh, it was. It was completely. Because I will say, Shane called me out, but he, he let it roll on the, in public for quite a while. <laughs> I pulled Kenny to the side after this thing
1: had gone on for like two you days. keep, you keep and people, your goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> people are all whispering and shit like, oh, my God, did you hear about Kenny? He went to the FBI. Oh, my God, Kenny got arrested for, by the FBI. He, he went to jail for a little bit for things he was investigating. There was a bomber, and he was investigating, it and it grew <laughs> to all this shit. And I pulled Kenny Slide. to the side in his car, and I'm like, Dude, you got to call this off. Dude, people are fucking These <laughs> you people shut are your stupid.
2: <laughs> you shut your mouth. They buy the thinker. I I don't think once I was confronted by Shane, I don't think I tried to sell it at all. I was like, "You shut up." <laughs>
1: This is fun. <laughs> and he was like, you shut your goddamn mouth, dude. And this was kind of the beginning, beginning of being like, I see you over there, dude. I know what you're doing, okay? This is the most
2: fun I've had in months. So <laughs> and I he just st- basically had so, this elaborate so, fucking plan. So I take Steven <laughs> to the storage facility. And these are like just patient account records, <laughs> like financial records and shit where they paid It's all not their- medical
1: records. It's just no, like where they like, paid their bill.
2: Yeah, it's totally the ledger. <laughs> for a company that doesn't have computers yet. Keep in mind that we, Right, this is before, like, everybody's information was had, everywhere. We like, tandies. We didn't have, like, any color screens or anything. So we take this... <laughs> Form fed documents, and he's all like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and my brother,
1: like I said, is thirteen years old at the time, and doing everything he can to fit in. Every time he's around us, yeah. he just wants to hang out with the older Which kids made and him be
2: cool. Perfect to be a witness to some shit.
1: <laughs> So this also plays in because again, Kenny's convinced everybody. Now I'm calling him out at this point. But Kenny's already convinced everybody that this is working. But people also
2: just assume Shane will be an asshole about it. <laughs> so if I say
1: anything, it just discredits me because I was a dick at the time. you right. At the time. But um, Kenny takes my brother out here because now there's somebody to back his story up.
2: I take him and we go from there to the woods behind my apartment, like deep in these woods. We go like half a mile in. Marching which, my 13 this, year old brother. To some small lake I had found earlier. <laughs> and I put it all in and I build a fire, and I'm burning it, and I'm like elaborating to him about what this is and how I have to get rid of it. And they don't know where I hid the files, and that's why they kept me locked down for two weeks. <laughs> and of course, Steven's not supposed to tell anybody, but I know he's going go to go and tell everybody. So, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs>
1: When you have a 13-year-old, you know that if you tell him, don't tell anybody, there's probably about a 70-30 chance that he's telling
2: everybody within the next
1: 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. That went on for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> it was about an
1: hour into it. I pulled Kenny to the side going, the fuck are you doing, dude? These people are buying this are shit.
2: You st- are you still telling them you're in the FBI? Shh. They're coming up the stairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shane, Shane, I swear to God. I swear to Shane. Stop it! Just,
2: it was kind of like that, I'm, not but, hurt, I'm not hurting any of them. It's
1: like the "How I Met Your Mother" when he's like, "Ted, okay, just I was just, totally
2: Barty and this just, situation. Ted, okay, just ah, be cool. Okay, just good. stop. Good times. <laughs> Secret agent Ken Baldwin." That's it for Now
1: That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Older.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPOD. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. Alright, guys, this has been another episode of Now That I'm Older. I'm here with Kenny. He's decided I'm just taking off my headphones head off. off. I have to go... I just told you. I got dirty drawers. We're not still talking about your underwear, Kenny. What the hell...
2: It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Me? I'm giving away free money. And where is the Batman?
0: He's at home! Who washing his tight? <laughs>